Welcome to the Self-Care Doc Podcast. I was in a grocery store. This has been 10 years ago, probably. And this woman was there and she had four or five kids running around just going nuts. And I just stood there because I've always just kind of observed people, I think. And you could just see she just had no control and she was getting so irritated. And you could see all these other folks and she was a, she was a minority as well. And all of these other folks were just like judging her and just like just just glaring at her. And you could just see them kind of turn around and kind of whisper to each other and everything. And I really felt this this desire that I could go do the same thing. And I started playing through my head. I can go up to her and say, well, you know, I'm Dr. Brown and, you know, you need to be nicer to these kids and some junk like that. Or I could shun her just like everybody else was kind of doing. And in that moment, I felt this strength just come over me. And I just, I walked up to her and I said, wow, you've got a lot going on here. Is there anything I can do to help? And this woman just broke down in tears because everybody was just othering her and shaming her instead of just being love and being compassion. And I think with self-care, self-care is about self-compassion. It's caring enough to say, okay, I'm checking myself to see, am I doing okay right now? But we get so scared of the judgment of others, don't we? At times, there is a situation of judgment. And me still being in my PhD program, um, guilty, I, guilty plug or shameless plug there. Yeah. I want to be a doctor someday. I'm going to be a doctor someday, and that's a point of pride for me. <laughs> and I'm going to, you know. Confidence. Exactly. Confidence is important. So in the situations in academia and now here, I do want to ensure that people understand that the, sh the, the shameless plugs, that I should be here, that, that I do belong in the conversation. And I believe that the, the difference between, you know, shameless self-plugs and true you know, belonging is really what you said earlier is that, that process of fulfillment to myself. I'm not sure if that makes sense to anybody but in my head. But Hopefully people will write in and tell us what the hell was he saying. I, and then we'll send all that hate mail to you. Okay, sounds good. Okay. Yeah. Um, Don't take any advice from Chris until he completes his PhD. <laughs> That's the disclaimer. <laughs> don't take any advice from me ever. <laughs> and and don't take it from me either. That's why we have the legal disclaimer. This, this yep. <laughs> yeah. um, something that uh, 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 Morgan Richard Oliver, I found this quote that I really liked. It said, letting people be wrong about you or a situation while keeping your peace and focus is the most misunderstood power move you will ever make. I love that idea. Because we give so many people power over us, but the reality is they've never been us. How would they know how to be us? And why would we allow them to judge us and influence how we look or feel about ourselves? Yeah, that was like a big, I, I have something to add to that. When I, uh, I heard this once that like other people don't know what it's like to be you, but if they were born in the environment that you were, in your body and went through your experiences, they would probably make the same decisions that you made that they're judging you for. Yeah. So that's just helped me a lot Yeah, to just be like curious about people and their backgrounds and not try to hold the judgment. Yeah. 
uh, a lot of people make that phrase, you never know what uh, you never know what it's like until you walk in somebody else's shoes or a mile in somebody else's shoes. And I just look at them and said, they're not your shoes. Mm-hmm. It's their shoes. You can't walk in their shoes or know what their perspective is like. You can appreciate what their journey has been like, but only by shutting the hell up and actually listening to them, actually learning and experiencing what they want to tell you about and how they want to open up to you. Until we do that, it's just going to be judgment. And I think that's an excellent segue back into uh, egocentric bias and the that we what? Will... <laughs> I was, I was going to say the same thing. Never mind. It, it's our default to put our perspective on other people's situations. So me and my experience, I'm going to not the proverbial me will judge somebody else for their actions based on my experience. And that is something we need to get away from and something that is definitely misunderstood in the realm of self-care. Somebody is going to go to the gym five days a week. Well, that's over the top, you know, da-da-da-da-da. Well, because I have a job where I'm very physical, so I don't have that sense of need to find other physical outlets. But to put my judgment on that is not the right step. I have to understand where they're coming from, not where I would come from in their situation. Great point. Yeah. So if people wanted to find out or more fully understand how to care for themselves, have there been any good resources or things that have helped you guys along the way that have helped you to take that time for yourself or advice you might give to others? I have found that my self-care comes in educating myself. I love to read. And, and you're looking at academia for that? That's not the place to get educated. No, it's really not. <laughs> I love the uh, love the line from Goodwill Hunting when they're talking about, um, you know, he went to Harvard or you know, he's like, you could have gotten the, uh, you spent $100,000 on an education you could have gotten for three fifty dollars like, in late fees. <laughs> and I love that. Yeah. You, you can educate yourself in anything. Yeah. And that's, that's something that I spend a great deal of my limited free time doing is educating myself, whether it's school related or how to best edit an audio file. Yeah, I, I love to learn things, and that's where I get my self care is is stimulating my mind. Yeah. No, mine was like like I was saying before, just like listening to my body, like what things really bring joy, because it's not going to be the same for everyone. Like for one sure. person's gonna get a massage and think it's the best thing on earth and somebody else is going to go and be like, I'm uncomfortable with this person touching me. Like my mind is racing. This wasn't enjoyable. And like, so just the, the anecdotal, like go get a massage. That's not for everybody. Like you have to listen to yourself. And it it, would a brilliant point though, because I think oftentimes people look at self-care and say, Oh, I have to go do something for myself. I have to go buy something. I have to go engage in some activity, but Self-care doesn't cost a thing because it really is about the mindset. You know, it's taking a walk. It's uh, watching, uh, binge watching a show that you like, uh, not the news. Let's be clear on that. Yeah, right. But it's taking time for yourself. Some people will meditate. Some people will watch YouTube. Some people will subscribe to Self-Care Doc Podcast. Shameless plug. Yeah, everyone. Good. <laughs> everyone should. People. Everyone should. Yeah. That's the one we're going to go with. The, uh, <laughs> everybody can benefit from that. Everybody's a person. I actually had a situation. Um, Float therapy, sensory deprivation. Have you ever tried it? Somebody actually just showed me a thing for Veterans Day. A local place does uh, the 11th of every month. Veterans can sign up for free. Yep, yep. Uh, I do that. 
I try to get in at least once a month. Wait, so you mean we can be like you, Christopher? Yeah. I'm not sure if that's a good thing or not, <laughs> but it works for me, Dan. Um, We're going to get a defamation suit filed against us now. Quite possible. <laughs> but I invited a friend who sounded interested in it. And, you know, they went to their room and I went to my room and you, you get in this blackout pod and then laying in this Epsom salt water and, you know, you got wax in your ears and it's a whole, like, God, we could get into the science of it. Is that but, your own wax in your ears or do they put some special wax in your no, ears? No, it's like special, like, uh, beeswax pellets that you kind of push up. And, yeah, basically oh, okay. swimmer's earplugs. Didn't but, know if they, like, made, like, little candles out the side of your head or? No, but okay. I hear that's good for you, too. I've never tried it. <laughs> um, but I, I invited this friend because they had sounded interested in it. And I'm like, hey, I got, you know, several on my account. You try it. But then I found myself, you know, laying in the dark, and it's supposed to be very meditative, switching brain waves and all this very scientific stuff. But I couldn't put myself in the relaxed state that I was supposed to be in because I spent the whole time worrying, like, man, I just put my friend in a blackout pod for an hour. What if they hate it? <laughs> so I had that concern about, like, this works great for me. What a great friend. I know, right? <laughs> He's got claustrophobic and has nightmares and... <laughs> I did one of those, and right before I had done it, I had cut my leg shaving, Ouch. and I was just laying there thinking about how the salt water was burning the whole time, and uh, wasn't yeah. wasn't as enjoyable for me. No, no, I imagine not. If you ever go again, and you do have like uh, put some petroleum jelly on it to keep the well, I still have two out. more free ones, but that was like in 2019, so maybe <laughs> they're expired. Maybe it sounds like some aversion therapy. Like maybe you need to have some more exposure therapy. Get back yeah. on the horse there. Try it out. And I did. Uh, it took me two or three times to really be able to learn how to shut my mind off the way you're supposed to in that situation. So yeah. it did take a few times, but it it's helped me a lot with my joint pain, my nerve damage in my back, and in that just meditative shutting the world off for a little while. That was the oldest old man comment I think I've ever heard you say. Well, I Chris, yeah. do you want to try pickleball sometime? <laughs> okay, what is pickleball? <laughs> I meant to ask that earlier, but I didn't want to. That was an old person joke, but... <laughs> I got it. Yeah, well, I mean, you guys it's like, it's like a weird version of tennis or something, I think, right? Katie, yeah. you're like a great pickleball player. It's like a mix of tennis and ping pong, I would say. Like on a little mini tennis court. Huh. I'm gonna have we to can talk about it in all the future episodes. <laughs> right it's so fun. <laughs> oh, pickleball. <laughs> <laughs> One of the concepts I think that is really important when we, when we talk about self-care and as we're transitioning to boundaries is um, the idea that in order to really understand and fully embrace your own worth, your own value, is you've got to let go of those people that don't value you. We hold on to that so often, and it's how can we look for ourselves when we're so caught up in the thoughts or the, the perceptions we have that other people are, are believing or we believe that they're thinking about us. One of the uh, pictures that somebody sent me when I was doing some of this research, it was uh, ships don't sink because of the water around them. Ships sink because of the water that gets in them. Don't let what's happening around you get inside you and weigh you down. What a great mindset. That is a wonderful analogy. Analogy. That was the word I was looking for. Students. Jeez. Yeah. Always trying to show people up. I'm not trying. I mean, it oh, it's so easy. It. it was easy. <laughs> Love it. I think that reflects back on the self-care is not easy. Yeah. Because setting those boundaries, especially in relationships that have long-standing toxic traits setting those boundaries is very difficult having those conversations with this is where i am and this is where i need to be those conversations are very difficult to have going back to katie's <laughs> uh, point earlier 
boundaries, I think we really confuse what they are because in our society we want to say, well, you can't do that to me or you can't talk to me like that. That's not a boundary. A boundary is saying, I am choosing that this is not something I'm going to allow. It's being able to appreciate that I can't control you, I can control me. And if I'm trying to control you, that's manipulation. That's control. Yeah. What was that phrase you you mentioned earlier before we started recording? I knew you were going to ask me it that. It was a great have... quote. Oh, here we go. It was uh, Mark Groves. He says, uh, walls keep everybody out. Boundaries teach people where the door is. And I thought that I thought that's such a brilliant way to really conceptualize that. This is my boundary. And a lot of this comes up a lot of times with couples when they have arguments or fights where I tell them, you know, we've got to be able to find a way that you learn to fight fair. And fighting fair, you can come up with rules for fighting fair. And I think that's a wonderful idea. But it's also being able to say, uh, the kind of the, the mindset that a lot of folks will have is say, well, you can't talk to me like that. Well, matter of fact, they can. They can choose to do that. They can choose to do whatever they choose to do. But you don't have to be the one that puts up with it. You can say, you know what? I'm not feeling very comfortable in this conversation, and so I'm going to go take a break. Or, you know what? I don't want to say something I'm going to regret later, or, and so I'm going to go ahead and take 10 minutes, and that's, a, that's the important key. I'm not asking you as my partner for 10 minutes. I'm telling you I don't want to do something that's against my values, and so I'm going to take this 10 minutes. Now, if you start pursuing me, I've got to have that in my head and say, hey, you know, out of respect, I told you I want to show you love and I want to show myself love. Please don't pursue me right now. I'm setting a boundary. And when we make that statement, I'm setting a boundary. It's not a shame to you. It's I don't want to be shameful. I don't want to do something that I don't want to do. And so when I take that time, maybe 10 minutes isn't long enough. Then it, the onus is on you to say, hey, you know what? I thought 10 minutes was going to be long enough. And turns out that wasn't long enough. I'm going to take 10 more minutes. And I remind people that they say, well, you know, 20 minutes isn't long enough to work through some of this. And I stop and I say, you know, I laugh about that a little bit because clearly there's some big issues that take a lot longer. But I laugh because uh, a recent client just had a, a heart attack and a stroke or some significant medical issues happening. And I said, how long did it take them to revive you and get you kind of stabilized and kind of the surgery and everything else? And he said it was, you know, about an hour or two and they had everything done. And I kind of thought about that. We can bring a person back to life, get them sustainable, or so, so they're sustained in life. And if I can't work through a problem I'm having in my emotions and my mind, that's a bigger problem. And that's not a you problem. That's a me problem. So I need to be able to get my emotions out of the context of the conversation. And I need to be able to engage in a loving way and say, I was not feeling very safe in this conversation. Or I don't feel like I was offering my best self. And so I'd like to try that again. You know, my young or my oldest daughter did this to me about three weeks ago where she wanted to go to a church group and how she approached me was just, oh, 13 year old girls, they have a way, don't they? And so uh, as we had this kind of back and forth a little bit, and I finally said, I'm not going to have this conversation right now. And I went and did something else. Well, a few minutes later, she called me over and she said, hey, dad, can I have a second chance at that? Can I redo that? And I'm like, oh man, she's using my tricks against me. And so I went over. Smaller pride, right? Oh, well, they, well the, they... yeah. Well, the pride was when I said, yeah. And then I went and did something else for like 20 seconds because you know I'm in charge. You know I'm the dad. And so I went back over there, and she said, you know, I'd really like to go to the church group tomorrow night with my friend. And I know you got to work, and we could probably find a ride. Would that be something you'd be open to? 
Like, how the heck am I going to say no to Wait, that? she said, would that be something you would be open to? Yes, she actually made it as an invitation. Nice and, uh, job, unnamed daughter. I know, right? Well played. <laughs> and so looking at that, it's being able to appreciate that uh, sometimes it doesn't matter who we are, but we need to be checked a little bit too sometimes. Mm-hmm. My daughter and I, we had a standing rule when she was much younger that if either one of us was getting overly emotional and it was turning into you know tantrums or yelling or like all right we need a timeout not like a punishment timeout just a like all right you go hang out in your coloring corner or go play with your dolls or whatever i'm gonna was, go was out. that for you or her both okay you because have a coloring I, corner and dolls well yeah there's no judgment here yeah well definitely the coloring of i do have a collection of stuffed animals she's given me over the years but that's okay, now topic. I feel like a jerk. I mean, geez, um, come yeah. on. I was trying to have fun, and you got all serious. Self-reflection. It's important. <laughs> but we, we, we established that very young because I realized that I was not in a situation where the, the emotionals were, were taking over, and that's not a good way to be as a parent. And I know that she, as a young child who couldn't process logically what was going on, she was getting frustrated and starting to scream and throwing the tantrums. So very young, we established our timeouts where we went and cooled down and then we came back and had a conversation. Yeah. And that, that, even now, she's near 17 now, we have wonderful communication skills because mm-hmm. we established that very early in her, her life. Yeah. Well, I think it, it presents a, a mutual respect and it reminds people, I think that story reminds people that when you're in a discussion or a heated debate or a fight, whatever you want to call it, an argument, in order to argue well, uh, it's important to remember that it's not you against the other person. It's us against an issue or a situation that we need to resolve. But oftentimes we forget to actually identify what the issue is. And the other key point there is it's really helpful to set a time frame of, okay, we're going to take this time out and this is how long it's going to be. Because oftentimes people will say, well, uh, you know, I just, I just need a break. And now the other person's feeling abandoned oftentimes and they're wondering, okay, when is it going to happen? When's it going to come back? One of the most effective things I think couples can do, and this is a great point for boundary setting, is when a couple, or when a, a, a person in a relationship, uh, no matter the dynamic, says, hey, here's a topic I want to talk about, and then they throw it on your lap, you're not prepared for it usually. But they've been stewing on it for a couple hours, maybe days, maybe weeks, and so they're ready to go. And when they bring it to you like that, how are you not going to get defensive? And so what's really important is to be able to say, hey, here's this topic I'd like to discuss. Um, Would you be available tonight? Maybe after dinner, we can sit down and talk about it. Now what I'm doing is saying, I respect you enough. I don't want you to be caught off guard. I want you to feel prepared for the conversation. Now when we get to that conversation, we sit down, we appreciate each other. We say, here's my perspective, and this is why I wanted to bring this up. When you feel fully heard, now the other person gets to actually offer their perspective. The key of that conversation is not to solve the situation or come up with resolution. The key of that conversation is, and this goes to the key of what communication at the basic level is, the key of communication is to exchange information, not to resolve or solve. And so if I offer uh, information A, now you offer information B, we both have the same amount of information now. Now let's sleep on it. Let's spend a couple days on it, whatever. With the same amount of information, let's set a time for when we're going we're gonna to talk about it and resolve it. And then at that conversation, we say, hey, um, you know, tomorrow morning before we leave for work, could we just spend a few minutes and just go over it and see which direction we want to go? 
when couples actually follow through and do that, imagine how much more fruitful their conversations are, how much more purposeful, but how much more loved and appreciated you actually feel for what you bring to the table. I think that a important aspect of that is when you approach your partner to, I would like to discuss this situation. Don't send them the text message of, we got to talk yeah, later. We need to talk. Yeah. Oh, good heavens. That is, that's anxiety inducing right there. Cause now you got to spend the rest of your shift wondering what's going on. What's wrong? What happened? What did you do? You know, the million anxiety questions. So when you approach that to say, this is the topic I would like to discuss after dinner or whatever you set your time frame, but you also give them the information that they need. So then they're not emotionally drained by the time they get home. What do you think causes us to violate our own boundaries most often or to give away our control even? Pause not knowing what your boundaries are, maybe. Oh my gosh. Yeah. What a great answer. That is, yeah. That's That's knowing your boundaries, establishing your boundaries. And I don't think to what you said about arguing, I don't know if it's really a boundary if you're just creating it when you're emotional. Like, doesn't a boundary have to be kind of a clear cut? Like, if you start to talk to me in a way that is, you know, you're yelling at me. I won't tolerate being yelled at. So if you yell at me, I am going to remove myself. And just knowing that ahead of time rather than, like, just being, like, "Ah," in the middle of the fight and throwing down some boundary, like... I don't know. Yeah, it, it, that's a great point. And I think what I would, I would offer there is um, kind of two things. One is uh, letting your partner know ahead of time, hey, I'm, I've been working on boundaries. And one of the things that I know about myself is I'm, I'm not comfortable if somebody's raising their voice or if they're, they're using cuss words with me. Um, when that happens, I'm choosing to not put myself in that environment. And so it's not I'm judging you and saying, no, you started yelling at me, so I'm out of the conversation. It's saying... Hey, you know, remember, I did talk to you about the boundaries that I've been setting for myself. And this is a situation where I'm not especially feeling comfortable. So I'm going to go ahead and take a break and I'm going to come back in about 10 minutes. And I'd love to have the conversation if you're prepared for that. Uh, It's also being able to say, hey, uh, if you want to have the conversation, I'm happy to, but I'm only willing to engage in that conversation with calm voices and without, you know, name calling or what have you. Um, and I think that's really important that we're not judging them for what they're choosing to do. We're just letting them know if they want to play with us, they want to play with our toys and play our sandbox. We're in charge of our sandbox, i.e. ourselves. I think that really brings into the light the difference between a conversation, an argument, and a debate. Because they're not the same things. For sure. Like conversations, you're trying to exchange and understand information. Debates, you're trying to convince. Arguments are emotionally driven, I want to prove you wrong. Hmm. At least that's... Well, that's a whole different segment. I never thought about that before. I like that. I'm going to have to listen to that a few times. Yeah. Hmm. Okay. So what do you have most often in your relationship? I'm not currently in a relationship, so... You have, With you're anyone? in lots of relationships. <laughs> um, I always try to have conversations. It's not always successful. I will be an absolute liar if I said I didn't get into arguments with people, but I certainly try to remain calm and conversational and take the emotional drive out of it. Take that 10 minutes to let my brain settle out of the emotion and into some logic and appropriate conversational levels. Yeah. I think I'm a sucker for debate mode sometimes. Like, I just want to... 
hey, <laughs> I just want to like prove my point. And I think that's fun. And sometimes not everyone thinks that's fun. So I'm trying to be more self-aware. I that. think it's fun when the other person knows it's a debate. Like yeah, that's you, a great yeah, point. If you enter into it as a debate and here are my points and here are my valid reasons and da-da-da-da-da, and the person on the receiving end is like, why am I being attacked right now? You know, if they, if they think you're trying to argue your point, not present your point, it's going to be received in a very different light. But when you have two people that are down for a debate, that's a lot of fun. Yeah. Well, and with the kind of the, the rules, if you will, of uh, if this is a conversation, where are, where are our boundaries? Where are our limits here? Um, because when one person feels uncomfortable in it, then you need to respect that. This is Dr. Joshua Brown, the self-care doc, and just wanted to say thank you to all of our listeners, all of the people subscribing and liking our videos. Check us out on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Podcast Index, Amazon Music for all your podcast listening.